Welcome to the Grounded Guidance Podcast, where we explore the transformative potential of living in alignment with our intuition. I'm your host, Karen Williams. Each day we receive countless intuitive messages that guide us on our journey toward a more fulfilling life. Are you listening? Through personal experiences, ongoing self-reflection, and captivating stories, we will explore the wisdom of individuals who have embraced the magic of following their intuition and fearlessly sharing their light with the world. These conversations are designed to meet you exactly where you are, serving as a gentle push from the universe to join us on this enlightening journey. Okay, welcome, Katie Williams, to the Grounded Guidance Podcast. Um, you know, I'm just realizing uh, two K K Dubs on the uh, I know. On the podcast. Like this I is thought about first, that this too. Is a first, right. <laughs> so wait, I, I better ask because it just might just get weirder. Uh, what's your middle initial? L. Okay, mine too. <laughs> really? just got, yes, that's so weird. That's well, so what weird. is it? Yeah. You got to tell me now. Lynn. Me too. <laughs> it is, it's like <laughs> the universe is so funny. <laughs> you know, when your email came through, yeah. I almost thought I had sent myself an email. I was like, what? <laughs> Who is this? Yeah, but I was like, oh, wait, it says Karen, yeah. not Katie Williams. <laughs> I know. I mean... Williams is a popular name, but I don't see the KLW a lot. So well, here we are. I know I'm I'm thrilled. <laughs> so <laughs> let me take a moment to introduce you to Katie. Uh, Katie is a psychologist and a mental health counselor with a passion for understanding the as- all aspects of the human experience. In her previous career, she worked extensively with kids, adults, and veterans, um, helping them navigate many life challenges. Through her many studies. Um, and expertise and life experiences, she developed a very solid understanding um, of the universal law of attraction and the profound truths that it holds. Katie is the host of the Dr. Williams podcast, which is a blend at the intersection of psychology, spirituality, and the law of attraction. Her goal is to explore the depths of human consciousness and uncover the transformative power of aligning our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. Um, so they align with the universal principles that govern our existence. So welcome, Katie. I'm thrilled that you're here. I'd love for us to start, um, with sharing kind of your story. How did you arrive at this beautiful moment in time? Wow. Well, first of all, can I just thank you for that introduction? I have to say that was probably the nicest introduction I've ever been given on a podcast. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, As for how I've gotten to this point, I mean, it's, it's been a journey for sure. Um, I feel like there's different segments of it. There's kind of my educational journey and there's my spiritual journey. Mm. And then there's my personal kind of interpersonal relationship journey. So those have all kind of just come together to get me here. Um, Educationally, I had always kind of determined that I would be a doctor in some form or another. And at one point, it was a dentist. I thought I was going to be an orthodontist. And then I switched focus and fell in love with psychology and went that route. And uh, it's been great, Um, even though now I do talk about mental health and psychology on the podcast, but it's mostly spiritually focused. Mm -hmm. And that's because I believe that the mental health field as a whole would be greatly improved 
by incorporating that into treatment. Mm. Hmm. Yes. Let's just let's just pause and give that a woohoo because that <laughs> is that is um, so so deeply important. Those people that have been or are in the middle of their spiritual journey um, can recognize that. Those that maybe aren't may have a harder time seeing that or or recognizing that. So thanks for bringing light to that. I think that's really an important is very important work. Um, having been through, you know, it's an spiritual journey is an ongoing journey. This is not, uh, you have it and then it's done. It's ongoing. Right. But, yes. Right. As you're, as you're on this ongoing spiritual journey, there's so many facets to that, that, uh, feel so authentic to me. So thank you. Yeah. Well, and I, I agree with you. I think that some people kind of get turned off by that, right? They're like, what? Mm -hmm. No, I'm atheist or I'm agnostic or whatever it might be. And they're like, I'm not going to talk spirituality. I'm here for mental health. You know, and people might kind of shrink away from that. But labels are labels. And there's ways Mm -hmm. around that. I mean, we could still talk about the principles that are the Mm -hmm. backing of spirituality without actually labeling it with spirituality. Right. Yeah. You spent um, quite a bit of time during your doctorate years um, taking a deep dive into your religious, um, the teachings of, you know, your religious, how you were brought up, the religious teachings of your background. But then you, then something shifted for you and Mm -hmm. you, you moved into the world of spirituality. And I hate that there's this, this duality between the two, but there is. And, um, you took a deep dive into kind of a lot of different things, but what was the catalyst moment for you as you were learning about the background of your religious teachings that were, you know, safe and comfortable for you, but then something shifted for you. What, what was that? And why, why did something shift for you? Yeah. Um, I was raised in the Christian science church and Mm -hmm. that was mostly my paternal grandmother's influence. Mm -hmm. So I'd go to Sunday school with her and she always, kind of bridged the gap with me because if you are a follower of Christian science, then you believe that prayer is the most powerful form of healing. Mm. You don't need medications. You don't get treatment. It's one of those more strict as far as religious following goes, as far as your own personal experience and what you're going to invest in. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother did not attend my birthday parties, for instance, but she did kind of get me a present a few days after, like, it's just just because I love you kind of thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because she still wanted me to have that child experience. And my parents were not a part of the church, but I would still go to Sunday school with her. It was her influence in my life. And um, that was really the core of my religious foundation Hmm. growing up. And then there was some muddled things in there. When my mom um, got pregnant with my sister, there's almost 12 years between us. So Hmm. it was like I was an only child and then she had another child who I very much wanted and was so thrilled to get a sibling. Um, (laughs) But she had decided at that point, you know, there's a big difference in raising children from that age to that age. And she wanted to do that in the church. So we started going to Lutheran church and all these things were kind of fleeting 
I had religious influences and then I would pull away from it and I wouldn't really do anything. And maybe every now and again, I'd pick up the Bible or something. Hmm. And then when I got into the doctorate program, I was like, I think I'm going to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I had just decided I want to read it, the whole thing. Like, if you're going to read any one book in your lifetime that you're going to be like, ooh, that was an accomplishment. Like, for me, it was the Bible. Sure. So I took off on that venture, and it took me four years. My doctorate program was six. So, um, yeah, so all of four years, um, I, read the entire I read the entire Bible, and... I also have a handwritten version of the New Testament that I copied every word for word. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but, <laughs> but it, <laughs> Does it felt good at the time. Internalize it? Does that help you learn? Is that a form of your learning to be able to write it? Uh, writing does have a cornerstone in who I am, but I don't think that's why I did it. Um, I just kind of felt like it was something tangible to show my accomplishment. Like, look what I have done. You know, like <laughs> even getting my doctorate, I always felt like finishing the Bible was my great accomplishment. Hmm. I, I internalized it in that way. But then when I finished it, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay, that feels good. What's next? And I had a desire for more knowledge. I wanted to know more. So I took the boys to the library and I decided I was going to get a different book, some kind of spiritually focused book. <laughs> and the boys were acting out and it was like, oh my gosh, we got to get out of this library. So I saw the word God on the spine of a book and I just picked it and I checked it out and it ended up being the Conversations with God book series mm. by Neil Donald Walsh. And that was where the pivot was. So that was a long way of getting to your answer, but oh that's, no, that's good. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I have a couple <laughs> follow-up questions. So I'm curious when you when you were deep diving into the Bible, was it was it to approach it from a historical perspective? Were you curious about the history of the Bible? Or you or were you curious about proving things wrong that you had been um, told were a certain way um, growing up? I'm curious what, you know where your shift was through that. And then through that, finding the Neil Donald Walsh book, was it like, okay, that's the puzzle piece where this kind of came together? I hadn't really thought about it in that way before. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that while I was in the experience, it was neither of those things. I mean, looking back now in hindsight, I can see that that was just my path of least resistance mm -hmm. to get me where I had intended to go you know, spiritually speaking, you know, we come in with intentions sure. and I didn't know that then, but that was kind of the way my inner being just interjected and was like, okay. I mean, if you really think about it, it's a long way to go. Oh, you're going to read the Bible yeah. first and then, and then we'll move on. <laughs> and during your doctorate program, nonetheless, I mean, that with is a like baby, not like reading, yeah, right? Not yeah. like reading at all. <laughs> kudos. But, kudos. <laughs> But really, that's what started my spiritual awakening. I had to go there first. And wow. while I was reading the Bible, I felt like I was a Christian. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I am a Christian and this is my lifestyle. And I, mm -hmm. all the judgments on other people and everything that comes with Christianity, that was me. I was like, wow. this is the right way. This is the right way to think. And I was practicing that in my thought, not necessarily 
going to church or getting super involved in religion. Um, but I definitely had that way of thinking. Wow. And and I even I, – I remember putting things on Facebook like asking people questions like, mm-hmm. have you ever read the Bible and not devoted to a Christian lifestyle? I remember posing that question out hmm. in Facebook land because I wanted to know, is it just the influence of what I'm reading that's making me believe it? Sure. Or do I really believe this? Hmm. What did you and decide? then when I – when I read the Conversations with God book, I mm-hmm. felt so much energy pulsing mm-hmm. through my body. That was a resonance I had never experienced before. Mm-hmm. But for years, I battled with this religion and with family members because I would say, mm-hmm. well, I just don't believe that. I That doesn't fit with me. And mm-hmm. so I had this guilt and shame and a lot of things tearing me up inside because I'm saying here I am a Christian and yet I don't really feel like that's the truth, Hmm. whatever it might be. You know, I'm not saying the whole Bible is is debunked, (laughs) but there were aspects of it that I wasn't resonating with. And then in the Conversations with God book, it was more resonance than not. Hmm. Wow. That's amazing. It was. And amazing that you could self-reflect like that. You could take two, two, you know, where the road diverged texts, right? Like, are we going left or are we going right? Yeah. And be able to see your own um, ways reflected back in both and how, okay, that doesn't align with how I feel and what I'm doing and um, how I'm showing up in the world. Right. And I felt, I felt guilt melt away. I Mm. I was like, oh, maybe I can watch that show I haven't been watching now. Because really, once you know that you are that source energy, it's not something Mm. external from you. Mm -hmm. You know, I am that God force. And Mm. so are you. And so is everybody. (laughs) Like, then it's like, well, heck, I can do whatever I want and feel okay about it and not feel guilty about it. Where I had been really shaming myself and putting a lot Mm. of negative feelings on myself for a long time. Because how I had interpreted the Bible was that if you enjoy this, this, or this, then you're on that side of sinning and going to hell. Wow. This has really been a transformative process for your own unfolding, your own awakening, right? More than how you felt like the world should be based on religious influence. It's really about how you, you have shown up, right? That's amazing. Yes. And it's really the, the, the true testament of a spiritual awakening. Um, you know, those that may be listening that don't, don't understand that or think that somebody else might be going through that, or it's not for me, or it's not, it's really about that deep, the deep power of reflection. How do we reflect back these experiences that we have? Um, so we can move through the world showing up a better version of ourselves. Right. And not that, not, not to, to throw, throw shade around your religious upbringing or, or anything like that, that there's, that is for some people and that is perfectly Mm -hmm. okay. It's perfectly okay. I just think it's beautiful that you've found space to open yourself to a new way of aligning with what's important to you. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't believe there is any one way. There's no Mm -hmm. one belief system that is the one. 
every path leads to exactly what is needed for that person. But I think that was the biggest Mm -hmm. kind of change in my thinking was now I'm able to accept everybody's beliefs, right? And not just say, hey, you have to fit in this box because that's the right way to think. Wow. How how long did that take you? Can you give can you give me a timeline of like how that unfolded for you, right? Cuz I I know that 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 can take people lifetimes to figure out. <laughs> well, right? to think, think <laughs> about that, right? Think about, you know, all the things that we hold and then to decide you want to shift that internal conversation, the internal whatever's happening internally and then choose to do it differently. I, I really don't know. I can't give you a timeline because I truly do believe that there were lifetimes leading up to this mm. one. And I've done some work with intuitives and um, I've been told mm-hmm. that the way I speak in this lifetime is something that I have been working up to. So this realization, which was also something that impacted me in a big way, when I realized that this might not be the first time I've realized this, you <laughs> yes. know, it's just, I'm at this point in my life this time around when I'm coming into it, but I could have come into this knowledge several lifetimes ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you probably, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to project, but you may feel that in your bones. You feel that deep, deep in your bones that you've been led to that point, right? You've been led to that point many times. And now you're blasting through that in this lifetime and you're, you're showing up in a whole new way and it's, it's gorgeous. Well, it's been kind of, thank you. (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) It's been kind of an empowering thing for me because I've Mm. always been more of a follower than a leader. Mm. Like in school, Mm -hmm. I followed the rules. My teachers liked me. Sure. Um, I did what was necessary to make sure my mom was happy and, you know, you know, that kind of thing where I was that role. And here I am stepping into something on my own. I mean, Mm. my family and friends were not where I was when I came into this. Sure. And I just said, well, I'm going to have to let that fall to the wayside and just say, well, this is my truth. This is what I believe. Mm. And it's okay if you don't agree with me. I, I'm just getting chills because I think it's so important to recognize that internal power that you have tapped into and that we all have access to. We all have access to this, right? And there, there's multiple ways to access this, but this might be a good segue in talking into talking about your podcast and the many beautiful things that you talk about on your podcast, but specifically one of the sessions that I listen to you, you do these co-creation sessions that are, are fantastic. They're this dialogue with somebody else about some area in their life that they maybe feel lack or limitation or judgment. And you sit in this beautiful container where people can, it, it's almost like coaching, but I, I don't want to go there because I don't, it's not really coaching. It's this, there's this magic happening. Somebody's saying this, somebody's, a person is saying something, you're talking to them from this higher space um, and opening up this channel of creation within them that blasts through these 
blocks. And I, I, I may be way off in how I've interpreted this, but it really is pretty spectacular. <laughs> well, I appreciate so the way you have interpreted it. Yeah. And, and I'm really happy to get that feedback and know that that is how it may be being perceived because mm -hmm. you explained it very well. That is my intention. Mm -hmm. I don't call it therapy because it's not therapy. Right. And it's and, not coaching. But it's it, also, I don't, you're right. Yeah. It's also not coaching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love for you to share um, what your intent is behind that. And for those people that might be listening that do feel stuck or um, held back or, you know, what what is that that you're doing that people could maybe tune into and listen to how you shape those sessions? I think what I'm doing is I'm setting the intention of connecting with that individual for their higher good. Mm. And in one of the sessions, the first one that I, I put out there on the podcast, I actually allowed for the audience to hear where I'm like, let's do a little med meditation together. Let's mm -hmm. connect. Let's clear everything else out of the way, other connections we have with others, in, that kind of thing, and connect just me and you. Mm -hmm. and draw that together and set that intention because that's what co-creation is that anytime we're interacting with someone else we're co-creating right because right. everything is manifested but i'm setting that intention and i'm taking myself and what i want out of it and i'm just aligning what they want aligning mm -hmm. with what they want and they're aligned with what they want i'm aligned with what they want and then i just let my intuition guide it mm with my knowledge of law of attraction, because I know how things work as far as universal law is concerned and apply it to the specifics of what it is they're trying to produce in their life, what it is they're trying to create. Hmm. And in that way, we come together in, in a beautiful way to, <laughs> because it's, it's guided by both of our higher selves and hmm. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Like if you're tapping into your higher self, right? That's right. the guidance you want. Right. So do you find in those sessions that <clears throat> what people speak? Let me, let me start this again. How people verbalize what they want is often not really what they want. Sometimes. Yeah. That sometimes happens. Yeah, sometimes we have to dig a little deeper to get to what the real desire is. Mm. And in doing that, usually I'm able to recognize the block. Mm. And then we can focus on, okay, now at least we know what's holding you away from it. We know where the resistance lies. So how can we reduce this resistance? Or what can we look at? Is this a belief that you have that's just not serving you? Mm -hmm. and try to let some things go, clear up the path between mm -hmm. you and your desire. Because when you open it up and get the rocks and the sticks out of the way, <laughs> things come to you much Perfect. quicker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't tuned in, we'll, I'll, I'll link your show in the, in the notes. But what's really interesting about it is how fast it can happen. And that's often, I think, maybe um, a presumption with people that this is going to take a long time, right? There are, there are layers with which we have to work through and there's trauma and there's pieces within us that take, um, some tender care 
but it is, it is a process that moves quite rapidly. And that is the piece that I think is maybe a misconception for people that, oh, you know, I don't have time for therapy or I don't have time to sit with somebody to help me through this. And when really we, when we look at the patterns that, that we're stuck within, having somebody like mirror that back to us is so powerful. Yeah. It's so catalyzing and it, it, it's really magical. So thanks for showing up to do that. Well, I would say that therapy usually does take a long time and that's kind of why I'm leaning away from conducting Mm. therapy. I don't think that we have to dredge it up. Let's not talk about the negative stuff, which you have already identified as being part of your history. That's then let's just focus on now and what you want right now. And let's try to get some energy behind it, some positive momentum going toward what you want. Because do you really need to know how you got there? You don't. You just want to get there. You just want to get that thing you want. Right. So tell me um, a combination of tapping into your higher self, their higher self, um, intuition as you're coaching them through with the techniques that you, you know, and learn and have used. Um, what has been the outcome for some of these people? I haven't done a follow-up session, uh, with the one that you listened to Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Although I am in contact with Tara and she sends me little texts from time to time. And she's like, Mm -hmm. so this is, you know, this and this. And she mentioned in the session that we had been speaking for, months before we even recorded. So we actually had been talking about things that the audience doesn't know about or hasn't heard. That makes sense. So she says in there, she said, even with money, I remember it was something about money. She's like, even with us discussing that, Mm -hmm. she had noticed a change. But the difference I think is investment. Somebody has to Mm. actually be invested in wanting this and being open to the changes that are required. Because when you are a deliberate creator, when you Mm -hmm. set out to do that, it takes some responsibility on your part for the stuff that's in your life, the negative stuff that you don't want to accept is yours. Mm -hmm. But doing that opens up a world of possibility for everything that you can create. You have to go, okay, I guess I have been doing this thing that's adding resistance on my path. Right. It really wasn't so-and-so or it wasn't this situation. It was me and my energy. And when you're invested in doing that, then it opens it up and you're allowed to, then it happens quickly, like what you were talking about. Yeah, that that's a very good point to bring to it. And I would say uh, along my own personal path, self-awareness is, is just been such an important key to unlocking you know, ongoing healing, further insights, um, a deep awareness of what I need to step into to be able to continue to work through that. So I'm, I'm curious about how do we, so, so I'm going to take a left turn here with you. I'm, I'm curious, how do we develop that awareness? How do people develop that awareness? If, if I am moving through life and everything is is happening to me, not for me. I have this woeful approach to life. How do I shift and start seeing an an awareness that I am a co-creator in this space? 
I am a co-creator with everything that is happening to me. And we'll jump into that law of attraction conversation. Feel free to go there now. But I'm, I'm curious for those that are completely disconnected from their own inner light. How do, how do we how do we help people find that and start saying, okay, maybe that thought really isn't true. Maybe that feeling in my body isn't actually happening. Maybe I am a co-creator on this and I can have what I'm seeking, but I have to have an awareness of what all that is first. Mm-hmm. Well, and it can be overwhelming too, right? right? If if you haven't been in this line of focus and learning yeah. and, and you haven't been seeking that out, um, I think the answer is, and it applies to everybody, mm-hmm. all that is really needed is a desire to feel good. Mm. When you set your emotion at the forefront of your focus and you say, no matter what else, I care about the way I feel. Mm. And when that is at the forefront, then everything else will start unfolding beautifully because you follow those good feelings, whatever may get you there. And that just opens up and then you start having thoughts that feel like really good ideas. And Mm. you're like, oh, because you now are not so weighed down with the negativity of your mind. Hmm. And you are opening up the possibility of what more is here. Now I want to feel good. I'm focused on the way I feel is the most important thing. And when you start following that one step to another, (laughs) you start to receive information, which opens everything up more, expands it, and you start exploring more. And it Mm. happens in a really organic and natural way. Yeah, it does. I kind of, I kind of attribute it to the light hits different on certain days and you'll notice a sunset or a sunrise. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you'll find yourself like just lingering over something that really kind of enriches your path. And you'll think, oh, I haven't, I hadn't thought about that this way. Um, so it's a beautiful, a beautiful way to move into the law of attraction. Because I know that's where you are really, you sit in that universal principle, principle of the law of attraction. And that's really the kind of the spiritual take you've taken, you know, from religion to spirituality. So I'm curious if our thoughts really thoughts, feelings, and actions influence really our energy that we put into the universe and really ultimately what we manifest, kind of talking about what you just were sharing just a moment ago. How has the law of attraction informed the work that you do? How has it shown up for you? And why do you think it's so important in helping move people forward on their journey? After I finished the Conversations with God book series, I wanted more again. So I continued to seek. And actually, this was my introduction to podcasts is after Mm. I finished that book. And I found a podcast, which I don't even think is up anymore. And it was just spiritually read books. It was like narrated. And one of the books was Ask and It Is Given, Mm. an Abraham Hicks teachings Mm. book. That was my introduction into law of attraction. Well, that's not entirely true. Years ago when The Secret came out, that was my introduction to law of attraction. (laughs) And I won a great Caramello bar practicing law of attraction back then. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) 
it's like, oh, my favorite candy bar. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to get me one of those. And it worked. But then I fell off practicing and learning about it for years and years and years. But once I found Abraham, hmm. I still, to this day, I listen to Abraham every day. It is wow. the source of my knowledge because when I listen, I hear nothing but wisdom and resonance. Mm. I just resonate so much with everything that's said. And I think that the reason it came into my life and my career and my focus is because in therapy, what are people coming for? They yeah, come they because come. they go, please. Oh no. Yeah. I was just going to answer you. Yeah. They come because they want, they want something better. They're seeking something. They're, they have a desire. They want either to feel better, or a better life or a bigger house or a nicer car. Or, you know, they don't like, they don't like internally the way they're feeling. Absolutely. They believe that there's something else out there where if they had it, they would feel better. So law of attraction is a natural pairing with mental health therapy. Yeah, it really is. So that's where I come in. That's where I come in. I have the educational background and I have this knowledge of law of attraction and I put them both together and I'm thinking, all right, this could be it. This could really help people to mm -hmm. get whatever they want. And I don't care what it is. Whatever you want, you can have it. Uh-huh. Amazing. Yeah. That's that's how it got it got blended. <laughs> yeah. Do you um primarily on your podcast, do you design your episodes based on I'm cu I'm curious how the law of attraction plays out. It did in the co-creative sessions, but I'm curious how you use it in the building of your podcast? Usually what happens is mm -hmm. the shower is my inspired place. Sure. So I usually listen to Abraham when I'm in the shower. I turn on an episode and a lot of times I tune it out and I'm in my own inspiration, right? It's, mm. it's filtering in and I get a lot of great ideas, which is really annoying when you have wet hands and you can't type like <laughs> notes on your phone. No but kidding. Yes. It's always at the worst times. <laughs> but you know what? You can't fight it. You got to go with it. So you remember what you can and you get out and you dry off and you write it down. <laughs> so <laughs> voice, happens, notes, voice notes, Grab I know. that voice notes, right? <laughs> I did do that one time. I'm like, I'm just going to hit record and I'll just talk whenever necessary. Um, but that's usually where it happens for me because I'm listening to Abraham and something that Abraham says sparks something in me. And then I'm like, okay, if I was to apply, if I was to apply mental health or psychology to this, what would I talk about? And a lot of times on the podcast, I actually don't say anything that has to do with psychology or mental health. I talk primarily about law of attraction or how it can work for you for anything in your life, problems or something you might want. But really, that is mental health. If there's something you're wanting, mm -hmm. you're either aligning with that lack of having it or having it. And that's all law of attraction is. What are you aligning your energy with? Are you putting out the vibration of, I don't have this thing I really want? Or are you putting out the vibration of, this thing I really want is on its way? Yeah. That is such an important distinction because... <clears throat> You know, the, the whole adage, um, show me 
don't tell me that you're going to do something right. When, when we say I want all these things, but it does not align with our frequency, there's a big disconnect, but, but I would say that there's a lot of people moving through life, wanting or desiring things that does not align with what's happening to them internally, their mind or, or their, the thoughts in their mind don't align with what's happening in their body, the food they put in their body. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. How, how do you recognize the shift that needs to happen for people? I mean, I, I've been there myself, right? No desiring one thing, but then the, the patterns that I see playing out are very, 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 very different. There's a disconnect there. I couldn't even see it. How do you help people? Like, first of all, mirror back. What's the light that needs to be shined on the situation? And then recognize that there's a disconnect. And a lot of times it's here, mm-hmm. the disconnect, right? The, the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions. We'll talk about emotions in just a moment. How do you help people see that through, through your teachings, right? How do you help people find that disconnect and then, then get on the path of alignment. I would say don't look for the disconnect because mm-hmm. what you focus on is what becomes active in your vibration. Mm-hmm. So by recognizing a disconnect, does that feel negative or positive to you? Are you asking me? Yeah. Um, it feels, for me, it feels neutral. Okay. So then you're at that point where you're like, okay, this is the spot. Right. I can either take it one way or the other. And -hmm. if that works for you, that's great. I would say, I I would say that it hasn't always been, it hasn't always been neutral, right? Usually when things aren't going the way that people want and they're looking at their life and things are not the way they want it to be, Mm -hmm. that's what's active. And so they're getting more of Mm -hmm. the same. Yeah. So I would say don't go looking for what isn't working, Mm. I'd say, let yourself off the hook. Let yourself be easy about this. It's Mm. not as bad as you think. It's not as serious as you think. Mm. All it really takes is in this moment right now, do something that feels good to you. Mm. Let that moment turn into another moment of doing something that feels good to you. Don't put the pressure on to Mm -hmm. have to do anything. Because that's where resistance lies, where now you're pushing yourself to do something, to make something happen. And for me, I mean, when I first got into law of attraction, I was ruminating my thoughts about what I wanted, right? Right. Uh Oh, now I'm aware I want this car or house or relationship, whatever it might be. And I just kept putting it out there. I'm like, oh, I have to tell the universe I want this and I want it so much and I want it so much. But that was pushing it away. Because Mm. a feeling of want is not a feeling of have. Mm. And what you want to do is actually produce that energetic vibration of already having what you want. You already Mm -hmm. have it. You know it's yours. You actually believe it is sitting there in your vibrational reality. You are just working on feeling good, however you possibly can, because that allows it to come into your physical reality. Oh, I love that so much because we are a culture and a society that is, is completely fascinated with doing, 
we have to-do lists and we got to do, 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 do. And we, we struggle, I would say as a collective with being. So I love the idea of find something that feels good because that brings you to the present moment and allows you to be. Yes. Be. Yeah. That's, that is, whew. Well, and that's, that's a why great the, takeaway. <laughs> that's why the podcast is feel good now, because in mm-hmm. every moment of now, if you're feeling good, your life is unfolding in every possible way that you want it to. There's yeah. nothing to worry about. You're just taking it as it comes and it's all great. It just takes yes. feeling good. It does. Yeah. <clears throat> and follow that. And follow that. Now, yeah. what about people that have a hard time feeling good? Maybe we should jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. Because let's do that. Yeah. Not Everybody can just find a good feeling. If you are deeply depressed or highly anxious, it's really hard to step into good. But you don't have to make large leaps. You just have to make little ones. Hmm. And that's where I talk about the emotional guidance scale. And you probably heard me talk about that in the co-creation session. Mm -hmm. It's an important aspect of those sessions because it tells me where a person is Mm -hmm. and where we can move to in order to get closer to that goal. You always can just take one step up. Mm -hmm. If you're at angry, let's take a step up to resentment. Let's take a step up to irritation. Mm -hmm. And let's just step and step and step until you get up to the point of contentment, which is just neutral. And now you're within reach of good feelings. And so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and that's just how you do it. If you're not feeling like you can just reach for good right now, sometimes you can't. Mm -hmm. You just have to reach for a better feeling, just something better than where you are. And then reach from there for the, and go as high as you can. Sometimes you just got to take a nap or sometimes you got to go to sleep for the night and start over the next day. I mean, momentum is momentum. And if there's a lot of negative momentum going, it's going to play out and there's nothing you can do to get in the way of it. So usually I would say starting after a sleep is the best place. So mm-hmm. every morning or evening, depending on, you know, what you do with your time, how, when you sleep. Waking up in that first few moments where you're laying there and you're just coming into the day, setting your intention and start building some positive momentum right then and there. And if you're having a bad day, take a nap and then start again Mm. when you wake up. It really is a simple way to pivot. Yeah. And reaching, I, I heard you say, reach for the good right now. How do we reach for the good right now? And it's an important distinction for those that are in the depths of depression and anxiety and struggling with, you know, depressive disorders or varying levels of abuse. How can we find what's good about right now? I don't have to, I don't have to stretch for being euphoric and being on top of the world, but how can I make those small little steps right now? That's a very important distinction. What is it for you? Do you have one? Do you have a tool that you use that helps you to get out of that funk and into yeah. a better feeling? Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great point. Um, I do. I love to a twenty minute nap where I close my eyes and I put my eye eye mask on. 
I have certain like binaural beats that will kind of shift my frequency. I really love that. Um, moving in nature, putting my feet in nature so I can really ground my energy. Um, that the it'll come through in waves for me. So I'll feel a wave that will come through and I know I need to shift something moving my body so I can move the energy. So turning on a, a song to just shift whatever's happening right now. Um, but yeah, that's taken, that's taken time to do that. I, you know, sometimes it would just saturate my day. Yeah. And I've learned that that's not helpful to do that. It's so just, mindfulness, I, I've heard you talk about this several times now. Mindfulness seems to be something that works really well for you, where you just come into the present moment and you yeah. start looking for something to appreciate. And that is a great way of yeah. moving up the scale. Uh, for me, it's the shower. I, I love mm -hmm. showering just because you can control all aspects. You can control your comfort, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, I like the water is hot. My skin is red. Like, turn it up. <laughs> yeah. You know? I want to feel just, it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I like to sit there and feel it. But it gets me out of my head and into my body to where I can just feel good right now. My body feels so good right now. And then oh, focus yeah. on that good feeling. And all it takes, 15 to 16 to 17 seconds, focused mm. on good. And you, your mind will bring mm. you another set. So all it takes is focusing for a few seconds and you will get more good. So anybody wow. can do that, right? 16 yeah. seconds. Can we do that? I mean, that sounds doable yes. to me. Right. You know, when I, I've struggled with anxiety in the past and I have told myself when I'm in the pocket of anxiety, if I can sit with it for 90 seconds, 90 seconds seems to be the time where I can sit with that wave, um, really listen to what's happening in my body and not try to run from what's happening in those feelings. And that is a way to just stay very present with what's happening. And it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but moving through that feels like the waves get less and less and less as I, as I have moved through them throughout my life. So that's also being present has been being still and being present is, is the tool that I use that works really well for me. So, so since you brought that up, somebody and yeah. I, I was speaking with someone the other day, and this is something that might, you might find interesting. Mm -hmm. Is it generalized anxiety or is it something? Um, it's a pocket of a period of time in my life. Okay. Yeah. So I was speaking with uh, an intuitive friend of mine and mm -hmm. she has suffered from anxiety a lot of her life. And what mm -hmm. she found was when anxiety is generalized, it usually is not your anxiety. It's mm -hmm. the anxiety of somebody else or something you mm -hmm. came in contact with. And, you know, energy is everywhere. If it you is. go somewhere, yes. how many people touch that doorknob? Right. <laughs> yes. A yeah. lot of people. Right. And you're picking that up unless you're protecting yourself in some right. way energetically. So, right. you know, it might just be your intuitive or empathic nature yes. taking mm -hmm. something on. And yeah. it might not be oh, something you need to look at within you. It might just be something you need to clear, like letting yes. go of other people's negativity. Right. That you bring up a great point. I mean, that is something I've struggled with for a very long time in my life is um, picking up on people's energies, being in big crowds, finding things that aren't mine to feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, a good point. And I know that will be helpful 
to somebody listening. Um, let's let's dive into emotions because I know emotions are such a big part of the human experience. Um, so our mind, right? Um, our, our our emotions that we derive that of the thoughts in our mind that are really basically neutral until we give them some sort of idea around what they are. There are great informers, but our our hearts are the navigators of how we're going to get through what we're ha- what's happening here. But there's a disconnect between what's happening here and what's happening here. How do we balance that? How do we balance what's happening in the heart with what's happening in the mind and allow the heart to really navigate our journey? My understanding of emotions is that they serve a single purpose. Mm -hmm. And that is to communicate to you whether you were in or out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And usually that is associated with a thought you're thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you have an overwhelming emotion, you usually can tune into your thought at that time and go, okay, what is producing this? Mm -hmm. Because what you're thinking is what you're focusing on. And that is either in or out of alignment with your higher self. This is how you know if you are thinking the thoughts of God or source or not. Hmm. Because if the thought feels really good, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I feel good right now. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is you're focusing on, that one's in alignment. You are Mm -hmm. now seeing things the way that source sees them. And that's a great place to be. And that is where you want to be for law of attraction to bring you everything you want. Mm. If you Mm -hmm. have a negative emotion, you're just out of alignment. Your source, your inner being is looking a different direction than you are. And they are always positively focused. So that just means that you are just looking at that duality. You're looking Mm -hmm. at the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And when you notice that, That gives you the opportunity to go, well, do I want to stick here with this negative feeling or would I like to try to line up with my higher self and see if I can find that good feeling? Hmm. And as you know, any given situation, there's something to appreciate or there's something to not appreciate. And where we put our focus, we normally feel that. Hmm. We're feeling that. So if you're having thoughts that are producing negative emotions. You got to try a different thought. Hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. So trying a different thought to somebody that is struggling with their mental health, that's a hard thing to try on, right? That's a, that's a hard thing to say. I, I want, I'm feeling happy today, right? Sometimes you have to fake it. You have to say it even though you don't believe it until it is embodied within you. How, how do you move past those? There's, there's often a dissonance, a big dissonance there. I'm not feeling happy in my body. How can I say that if I'm not feeling that there's a disconnect? But do you want to? Do you want to feel better? Because that goes back to what I was saying before. If Mm -hmm. you are making feeling good your Mm -hmm. utmost priority, then when you notice you're not, you can sit there with it if you want to continue Mm -hmm. to feel bad. But if you want to feel better, then you have to set that intention and say, well, then I need to do something to try to feel better. Mm -hmm. And when I heard you talking, I, I got 
implications of toxic positivity. You know, that mm. whole movement around toxic positivity where you're sure. saying something that you don't actually feel. I don't buy into that 100% because mm-hmm. I don't believe that positivity is ever toxic. But it's okay to not jump so far to where you're like, well, I don't believe that at all. Let's just try right. it on a thought that's a little bit milder than mm-hmm. the one that you're actually focused on. Like, let's do an example. Let's say, say you're having issues with your kids and mm-hmm. you're feeling like a bad mom. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I am such a bad mom. That feels awful. That's like mm-hmm. the worst feeling for a mom, right? To feel like right. you're not in that role to the best mm-hmm. of your ability. But you could try on a different thought that is, I'm just having a moment right now where mm-hmm. I'm not living up to the way that I know I can. That feels a little bit better, right? Than I'm a bad mom. Right. Right. And from there, you can try on a different feeling of, well, I mean, yesterday I rocked it. I was so involved with my kids and we had that great moment where we all were laughing and giggling and tickling each other. And I was a really good mom yesterday. I felt like a good mom yesterday. Mm -hmm. Actually, I usually feel like a really good mom. Mm -hmm. Did you feel the energetic shift Mm -hmm. where we started off as I'm a bad mom? We went more general, more mild, and then it was able to shift to actually, I pretty much believe I'm a good mom most of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's the language too, that you're using, right. Um, shifts the focus from, it kind of, it kind of brings a mirror, like there's a mirror that's happening rather than internalizing it. It's a reflection back to what is actually happening. One oh, of the I things that. I like, yeah. One of the it's things like witnessing I like to, it instead yeah, of witnessing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 become a a witness to it rather than identifying you know. with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's great. I also like the question: Is it true? We have a lot of thoughts in our our head, right? And and sometimes if you ask that question, is it true? you will hear, well, yes, it's true because we haven't unpacked all these things that are happening, but that has helped me on my journey. Um, like come to a full stop. Is that true? Well, I love that. And then you could take it even a step further and you could say, is it true? Which just means it's a belief, right? Right. It just, just means that you have a belief, which is just a thought that you've continued to think over and over and over again beliefs can change. So you go, is it true? (laughs) Okay. I believe this. And then you can say, is that serving me? And in that way, you're identifying beliefs that may not be serving you and allows you the opportunity to make a change. That's a great distinction because it allows you to kind of like back to your experience where you struggled with a lot of religious concepts that weren't helpful for you and they you yes. they didn't resonate with you. So, is this true and is it serving me? And then that really is the ultimate reflection. Okay, no it's not true and no it's not serving me. So now I need to choose something different. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's a great conversation. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so, um Carolyn Mace, uh, one of my early spiritual teachers, she's a medical intuitive and has written many books, one of which is The Anatomy of the Spirit. 
she kind of shares this wisdom around this question about that a lot of people are seeking, which is what is the meaning and purpose of my life? <clears throat> so many people in there seek, 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 seeking, seeking. They want to know why, why am I here? What am I here to do? And they feel a lot of contempt around an ordinary life. You know, oh, I just am running my kids back and forth to baseball and I have so much dishes to do and laundry because they really feel pulled to this extraordinary life when really the magic is in the mundane, right? So how do we um, help people not create illusions around the suffering of seeking, seeking more, I'm seeking more. Um, and then how do you help people unpack this question? Because I hear this question a lot, a lot. Um, I mean, there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And mm -hmm. when you're feeling like you're living a life that doesn't represent the life that you want to be living, that is nothing but resistance. That is a whole lot of resistance. And you're identifying with that, which means yeah. that you are creating more resistance. So yeah. that life that you imagine yourself living can't come to you right? if you are stuck in this muck <laughs> of resistance. But let me answer the question. What is the purpose of life? Well, I know what it is. And it's the same for everybody. The meaning of life is to do so satisfied, just to enjoy it, to enjoy mm. the experience. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be something specific. It's just, do you feel good in it? <laughs> yeah, right. It's really uh, that simple. <laughs> we are here because yeah. we wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. We came into these physical bodies with great intention and being here is what we came for. We came to let our physical senses experience all of creation. And that is stimulating and satisfying if you line up with it being so. And if you are having a and if you are having a satisfying life, no matter what it is you're doing, mm -hmm. you're doing it. You're doing it right. Because that was the intention that all of life has when they come here, whether it's plants or animals or human beings. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful answer. I mean, if we look at, like you said, animals, they're so good at just being in the moment, right? And enjoying whatever's happening right now. And as human beings, I think that we can get very much stuck in these patterns of doing I have to do all these things. I have to become all these things rather than just enjoying right now. So I love that the theme I've heard from you throughout this conversation is the whole idea that how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? And how right do you now. feel in this moment? And what can you do to feel better in this moment? You got and it. it brings it all back to all we have is right now. We are right now. We are existing right now. Yep. It's all the time that actually exists. You yeah. got it. That's amazing. Spot on. <laughs> That's amazing. So in the beginning of the conversation, you talked a little bit about the mental health component and how if we, if we can align with what's happening spiritually, there's, uh, there's an opportunity there for helping the, the mental health component. I don't want to 
put words in your mouth. But um, if we talk about like a spiritual crisis, which is happening a lot across the world, um, and a lot of times our the spiritual crisis goes completely unrecognized because it's so it's so aligned and it's so similar to a psychological crisis. Um, but I don't think people have the language to say, I'm in a spiritual crisis. They can say, I have anxiety, I have depression, I am I'm have a panic disorder. Um, so we lack language to, to witness what's happening with people. So from a psychological perspective and a spiritual perspective, let's kind of bring them together. What's the olive branch of wisdom that you would like to to tell people about when that feel, when things feel like they're unraveling, whether it's a spiritual crisis or a psychological crisis. I feel like those who identify with crisis are not going to like my answer Hmm. because those who are recognizing crises in the world are aligning with that kind of vibration. And I don't, Hmm. I see the thriving. I see the awakening that's happening. Mm. I see the improvements. I see the evolution and the expansion. And that is where my focus is. Mm -hmm. Just like with everything, there's that duality again. And you can line up with one or the other. Mm -hmm. If you're going to line up with crisis and identifying in that way, that will be your experience. Mm. If you're going to align with thriving, that will be your experience. So it really comes down to how you want to feel Mm. again. And I don't mean to sound like that's an end all answer to every question, but it really does come down to that. Do you feel good when you're looking at this? If you don't feel good when you're looking at it, then don't look at it Mm -hmm. because now you're contributing to it. There's things in our world that are awful Mm -hmm. and I don't look at them because Mm -hmm. I don't want to add more to it. And some people criticize me for that. And they Mm -hmm. say, you're just sticking your head in the sand. You're not even acknowledging that we have all these problems that we need to fix. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at who you really are. If we're talking about a person or a psychological level, I know who you really are. Mm -hmm. And I know that your higher self is not aligned with that. Mm -hmm. And you can get there too. You can see you for who you really are. You Mm. just have to shift your focus. Things that are going on in the world, genocide, war, hate. I don't even watch the news. I I have people tell me things that are going on in my own community that I'm unaware of. Mm -hmm. It's not where I put my focus. Mm -hmm. I put my focus on that which I want to see more of. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, I know I was kind of skating around it. (laughs) No, no, that that you want to expand, right? Yes. Do you want what do you want more of in your in your life? Yeah, no, it's a beautiful answer. Um, so one of my favorite. Well, I guess it's not my favorite, but I do love the quote. Um, that talks about, um, despite how open people are, um, people can only meet you with where. At, at the places of, at which they have met themselves. Um, how do we help people arrive with grace for themselves, grace for their process, grace on their journey, right? Wholeness and grace 
Um, and how do we really, as a collective, really start sitting in communion with ourselves and showing up for ourselves? Because that's really the crux of this. How do I want to feel? I want to feel better. We, we barely turn the light on ourselves and say, I, I'm not, I am not my best today. I'm not my best today. How can I be my best today? That's not a question I think people are used to, to answering. Yeah. Um, I like that quote and I agree with it. I think that the deeper you have gone, obviously you can meet someone at that depth. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you have to disregard those who are not at the same depth as you mm-hmm. are. This comes down to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Allowing people to be wherever they are at whatever point and knowing that it's right for them and you are where you are and it's right for you. And people in my position, I like to go deep. If you want to go deep, I'm going there with you. We will go <laughs> as deep as we can go Yeah, because that's where true connection is for me. You know, when we can really connect on that heart level and talk about something really meaningful. Mm-hmm. But even when I'm having that intention with somebody, if they're not ready to go there, I can still hold that space mm-hmm. and allow them to just be wherever they are and know that they're perfect right where they are. Nobody has to change anything. It's all mm-hmm. good. It is all good. Yeah, that's a that's a really important distinction to make that we we don't need to change. We don't need to change each other. We don't need to change people. We don't need to walk through the world looking to change each other. We can just hold space for who people are on their own journey in their own time. It's the joy of creation. We all get to yeah. make it what we want it and what we're ready for. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the beauty of diversity. Mm. Mm. That's lovely. Um, I want to ask you a couple of just light, lighter questions. Um, what do you, what does contemplative time and or meditation look like for you? Meditation, that's been a journey all its own. Um, I believe I reached the one year mark recently of when I first sat to meditate. Mm -hmm. And I, close to that, I don't know the actual date, but I had to be pretty close to the one year mark when I finally achieved it. (laughs) And what I mean is I achieved a quiet mind. I had the experience of being just consciousness without flow of thoughts. And Mm -hmm. it was so cool. I was like, okay, this is what everyone's been working toward and and talking (laughs) about. Like, this is what it's all about because I had just been working at it and working at it, just stopping my thoughts, stopping my thoughts, stopping my thoughts. I've been thinking. I'm a thinker. Mm. I'm constantly thinking. Most of the time, I don't have the radio on in the car. I'm thinking. You know, that's what I enjoy doing in the shower. I'm thinking. (laughs) So stopping those thoughts, which I know how important it is because there's a lot of negative dialogue going on in thoughts that we might not even be aware of. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of experience in life and not all of it's good. And a lot of times we are really focused on what we don't have because Mm. that's part of our want and our desire. And it's a very important part of creation. But stopping thoughts in meditation raises your vibration and Mm. puts you on that path toward your desire. It just gets you 
a little bit of a boost. Um, I've mentioned sleeping. I've mentioned being in a state of appreciating the now. And now we're on to meditation. And those are the three things mm. which allow you to take action if you are wanting to feel better or align with your desire. And it goes in this order. On the bottom is sleeping. Mm -hmm. Above that is meditation. And above that is a state of appreciation. If you can be in a state of appreciation, there's really no need to meditate. You don't need to take a nap. Mm. You don't need to go to sleep. You're in it. You are in the zone. You are enjoying your life. You are feeling satisfied. You're right there where it's all meant to be. And that's the goal. But it's those other two things, the meditation and sleeping, which help us to pivot, which mm. help us to get more close. Let me Let me rephrase that. Allows us to work on our alignment so that we are more in the vicinity of our desire. Ooh. Okay. You said so it was going to be a light question. But I, I, have a, <laughs> I have a visual for you. This might be a new thing for your business. So I'm picturing it like uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of change, right? I'm picturing it like Dr. Williams hierarchy of like, what? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't been able to, I can't, I don't know yet, but I'm drawing this out. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is amazing. I too feel those same things that you mentioned. Sleep is, sleep is the absolute. That is, you know, when you talk about Maslow's hierarchy, that's how I see it in my head. So I, that's why yeah. I keep doing that. <clears throat> sleep is the foundation. It's what I come back to during the day when I'm sluggish or my energy's off or that quick power nap. And then in the meditation, that that is what sustains me, right? I'm just kind of mirroring back to you how it is for me as well. That is where I find that I can then tap into that top level, which is the appreciation. The lens in my world is so different yeah. when those things are right. So, oh, I'm gonna, I am going to come up with the name of that name of that for you. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I did want to say before yeah. before we move on that I didn't come up with that. That's an Abraham Hicks oh, teaching. It is okay. Yes. So beautiful. just for for clarity, so everybody knows yes, I'm not sure. trying to steal information. <laughs> that's beautiful. I, yeah. I had not. That's a. Uh, that's it's funny that those are things that I'm already doing. So I, it's beautiful. So thanks You're for bringing that back for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you find balance and joy in your day? Um, I know that we're talking maybe different things, but with balance comes joy. What does that look like for you? Recently, it's been different. Um, when I came up with the idea for the podcast, it was a passion journey for joy. Mm. I had so much fun with ideas of topics I wanted to talk about and the equipment I wanted to get and mm. organizing my business and all of that. And now we're in season two. And I noticed that, you know, now it's just kind of routine, everyday stuff. I still get those moments of inspiration, but it was it's not giving me the joy it once did. Oh, mm -hmm. And I don't I don't actually want to say that. That's not accurate. I get a lot of joy in doing it, but it doesn't have that buzzy feeling of woo, right. you know? <laughs> yes. Like when something's new and that's how right. life is. We're always kind of sure. moving to the next thing. Um, but my youngest son started kindergarten this fall mm -hmm. and it was a life changing thing for me because mm -hmm. now I don't have a little at home. 
And mm-hmm. I've been waiting for that moment for seven years while I raised my kids. And I decided to take a little rest for myself, to mm-hmm. just enjoy my time mm-hmm. now that I have time during the day that's mine mm-hmm. and just reflect and mm-hmm. cry if I wanted to mm-hmm. and smile if I wanted to. And I, I read a, another book. I hadn't read a book in a long time, in a wow. long time since I had finished a book. I read um, Anastasia and I wish mm. I could remember the author. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. It's Vladimir. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I believe it's M-E-G-R-E. And the book was amazing. But I just, I have been doing what you do, actually. Mm. Being mindful Mm. in the moment. And what got me into that is I saw this sunbeam on my bed. And I was like, Mm. I want to lay in that sunbeam. And I did. And I just enjoyed it. And it felt really good. And I was like, I'm going to do more of this. So lately, it's just been self-care and Mm. enjoying my own company. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, do we really stop to enjoy our own company? Not a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. I had dinner by myself. Actually, it was lunch. I had lunch with just me recently Mm -hmm. and it was nice. Yeah. And I enjoyed the food more than I ever have ever in my life. Mm. It was, I was sitting there, I was making those kind of noises. I was like moaning to myself while I was eating my food and I didn't care if anybody could hear me because it was so good. (laughs) You were there in the moment, right? I was. I really tasted that dish. Yeah. How, how often, right? Do we do that? I know. Right. With our busy lives and the everywhere we're going, how often do we sit and you know, savor the food in our mouth and how it's nourishing our body. And it sounds silly to people, but it, we are rushing around most of the time. We're eating in the car. We're getting kids out the door. Yeah. I have this idea and I haven't even shared it on my podcast yet. Um, It's just something that's kind of come up to me where Mm. I think that if we let our inner being eat, Mm. that we won't gain fat. (laughs) Oh, I I don't know. child. No, like, like your higher self, because, you know, you have your higher self is enjoying everything you are enjoying with you. And so if you are just really in alignment while eating Mm. and feeling really good about it, you're tasting it, you're loving it, you can't get enough of it. That positive feeling and energy that can't turn into something negative for your body. Well, Katie, I think you need to follow that. <laughs> I think that's I too, a brilliant right? <laughs> concept. Yeah, that's a brilliant concept. I think. Well, yeah, hear it now really, for the yeah. first time on your show. <laughs> <laughs> that's gorgeous. I will. I can't wait to tune into that episode. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense to me, right? I mean, there's a there's a lot happening with our our higher self, and if we're really nourishing. I mean, our, our purest, the purest form of us is our higher self, right? It's, it's the, the highest expression of humanness is there in our higher self. So I think that's, <laughs> feed that, feed it. Right? What does it need? Yeah. How's your meal going to go today? It's going to be that's different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's gorgeous. Well, <laughs> Um, thank you for this gorgeous conversation. It's been um, medicine for me, and I know it will be for others. So thank you for for your time and your wisdom and um, all that you bring to the world. I know oh, that you- we need we need people like you 
raising the vibration of the planet. So thank you. No, this has um, been awesome for me. And actually, yeah. I mean, we've talked about so many things that I haven't talked about. It's been stimulating and wonderful. I, I felt a lot of resonance and I love that feeling. So yes, I do too. I really thank do. Thank you so, for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, how can people find you, Katie? I'll link it in the show notes, but I want to make sure that we give you a shout out here. I think my website's probably the easiest way to just find everything. Um, it's www.drwilliamspodcast.com. But I am also on all the social media platforms as okay. Dr. Williams Podcast. So Facebook, Instagram, what was formerly known as Twitter. I don't know. Is it called X yes, now? Like, I okay, know. X. Cool. Yeah. And right. YouTube and TikTok. I'm on them all. Um, cool. I have a great intern that's that's putting together all con some content for me. Um, but the, yeah, that's probably the best place to to find everything. I also have a Patreon if people are interested in a membership where they get okay. ad free episodes and early access to all the episodes. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. Yeah, check out those co creation, the co creation episode. I think it's over three parts. It's really. Yeah, it was three different sessions with Tara. Yeah, and I also I also listened to the pray and meditate. Right, the pray. Wow, that kind of blew my mind. Just a yeah. totally different take on it. Yeah, so that's it. It's very thought provoking. Very, you take take things to another level for my brain, and I really appreciate that. So thank you. Well, I appreciate um, the feedback. So I really love to end our episodes with um, what is your grounded guidance for our community. So what is your unique parting wisdom that you would like to share with the people listening to the podcast? Um, that's from you, from you. I would say usually at this point in the interview, I say something different, but the theme of our conversation has been interwoven with action. And I'm going to say, don't pressure yourself to do anything. It's okay. You don't have to meditate every day. You don't have to be reading this book. You don't have to be doing anything. Just feel good. Just mm -hmm. do what feels good. If it feels good to do those things, then do them. But if it feels good to sit, then sit. Or feels good to play with your kids, do that. If it feels good to cook because you love to do so, then do that. It, it, there's no set rules for how to live your life. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing it their own perfect way. And there's no pressure. It's okay. Do whatever you want, whatever feels good to you right now. And thank you for giving us permission to do that. Thank My you, pleasure. Katie. Thank you for joining us today on the Grounded Guidance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast and leaving a review. Your feedback helps us reach more curious minds like yours. Until next time, stay grounded, stay guided, and keep stretching your edges to think differently. Take care, my friends.